thanks for tuning in. You are now listening to the Related Views Podcast with Fig and Little. Related Views, because, you know, we're related. A weekly podcast with Gen X versus Millennial Views through lived experiences with life lessons we've learned along the way. It's the little things that make the biggest difference. You are now on with Fig and Little. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Related Views Podcast with me, your host, Ken, a.k.a. Big, and my co-host, Tony, a.k.a. Little. Don't forget to hit us up on social media, on Instagram, at Related Views. If you want to email us, it's relatedviews at gmail.com. And if you can also find us on YouTube by searching Related Views, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching us on YouTube, if you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. Tony, how are we doing this week? I'm doing fantastic. I have, uh, as you know, I've been excited all week for actually for two weeks now for this episode. Um, <laughs> well, it, 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 I know you're excited because the first seven episodes, we would barely talk once a week to try to nail down the episode. Like 10 minutes this, before. <laughs> this week, I heard from you every day. Every single day. I know you're excited about this podcast. Texting you at midnight. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes like, oh, it's Tony again. I, I just got to press that one to voicemail. Right <laughs> yeah, so I am so excited because as you see, we have our first guest speaker today. This is Samantha Valley. Uh, she's Hello. joining us today to um, share her journey and her discovery of using the power of the mind and body to change her life. Samantha, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. We're happy to have you. Thank Uh, you. Yes, welcome. Welcome in. Our first first interview, our first guest on the pod. (laughs) You're number one. Uh Uh-oh. I feel the pressure coming on. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure it's going to work out great. Uh, So tell us a little bit about what you're bringing today, what your story is. Sure, yeah. So I had actually fractured my spine when I was 16. Um, I was a gymnast ever since I was three. Um, and I was able to do some physical therapy and you know, heal that fracture, even though it's still a fracture, the pain wasn't there. And then about the time that I was 25, this pain just came roaring, what I thought at the time out of nowhere and um, really became problematic and really had a huge impact on the quality of my life. Um, And because it was a fracture and because it had a slippage, which is very common in gymnasts, uh, the only healing or options I was given was a surgery besides the more common modalities of physical therapy, injections and things like that. Um, The I ended up going to one of the best surgeons in Connecticut, and he told me that he would not do the surgery on me at all because of my age, because I'm so young, um, and that the prognosis and the results for the surgery is not 100%. Um, so in that, to me, meant that I was going to have to live with this pain until I absolutely couldn't take it anymore. Um, all the other modalities I had tried weren't working, um, but... I see now, hindsight's 2020, that it was I, I wasn't the one working because I had bought into the belief that I was going to be in pain for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say COVID changed a lot for a lot of people, um, me included. Everything slowed down and kind of came to a stop. 
And it was the first time in my life that I started to branch out and see what other options there were for me. I heard that there were stories of people who have healed chronic illnesses that have been diagnosed with cancer and through mindfulness and meditation and uh, really taking a look inward, they were able to heal themselves. And so if they could heal themselves from a chronic illness, a terminal illness, it kind of gave me the mindset that I should be able to do this too. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of started the journey. Wow. Wow. So your journey from being in pain to where you are now, do you have, I'm going to ask the first question, are you in any pain now? And if not, what have you done to get to that point where you're pain free? Right. Yeah. So up until two years ago, I was in a back brace and I was on very heavy medications um, for the pain. It was chronic. It was first thing when I woke up in the morning, last thing when I went to bed at night. Um, now I'm at a place where it's not 100% gone. Um, and that's part of the patience that I have to wait for. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel it or I'm not really affected by it until about three o'clock in the afternoon. It tends to be around that time. Yeah. Um, so it still comes and goes, but it is nothing compared to basically being bedridden and not really being able to do much of anything. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> it's a huge transformation and it's a process. So I know I'll get there. I just need to be patient. Yeah. And from your starting point, from where you started to now, how did you alleviate that pain? What steps did you take? So you want to just share your journey a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So I was at my house and I didn't know where to start or where to look or where to go. So I just opened YouTube and I typed in how to heal your body with your mind. Cause I was not familiar with any of it. I just knew people have done it and I felt if they could do it, I could do it too. Um, and I ended up coming across a few different people who work in that field. Um, the two people that I really latched onto and listened to everything they said was Bruce Lipton and uh, Joe Dispenza, which are both doctors in their own right. Um, and they came from a science background and they made this connection on how you can use your mind to heal your body. Um, and that kind of started the journey. And, and your biggest challenges, what were your biggest challenges? What did you have to overcome in your journey? My belief systems, my mindset, I, without realizing it was so convinced that I was going to live like this forever. And when they told me that the pain is chronic, chronic means doesn't go away. So I felt like they gave me a death sentence without a death date. And I was just going to have to white knuckle my way through life. Um, so with that being said, I'm sorry, excuse me. I forgot what your question was originally. <laughs> well, just your process, like using your mind to reduce this pain. What did, what did you identify were the triggers that were causing it? And what did you, what have you done to that's right. That's right. Excuse yeah. me. So I had not knowing kind of built into my mind that I was going to be stuck like this forever. So I was kind of giving up on myself as far as my mind goes, that this was a permanent thing and there was no other options for me. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the biggest challenge that I've had to overcome was my own mindset and my own beliefs about the chronic pain. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I think I attached so much to Joe Dispenza because he was actually in a car accident in the 80s and broke multiple bones in his spine and was given the same type of prognosis 
um, that he was going to need to have surgery and he may not even be able to walk again. And he didn't accept that as an answer and knew about people healing themselves. And so he sought out how to do that for himself. And he has. And to this day, he has no pain. Um, so that was the biggest inspiration because I just have one fracture in my vertebrae. So if he has multiples and he's figured it out, then I'm just going to listen to everything he has to say, which was hard because yeah. I've been told for years that, you know, you're kind of stuck like this. It's really hard to undo those beliefs and to see another option and see what the possibilities are. So the, I would say the biggest challenge for me was my own mindset. Wow. So, now, go ahead, John. A couple episodes of one of my life lessons was you have to live life forward, uh, but can only understand it backwards. Now, listening to your journey, when Nate, when the doctor told you that he wasn't going to do the surgery at that time, you know, I, again, looking back, what probably the best thing that could have happened to you, but how were you feeling at that time? Were you, you know, were you, a, did you want the surgery at the time? You're like, I'm in pain. I need this to be, to be gone. Right. So I was living in North Carolina at the time and they, the doctors sent me to surgeons right away. Mm -hmm. There was no other options that they saw for me except for surgery, but being, I guess, not skeptical of the surgery, but if you're going to operate on my spine, I want the best of the best. Of course. Um, and so through searching out a surgeon, we found one of the top surgeons in Connecticut. And when I came up here and he said, you have to be wheeling in my office in a wheelchair before I'll, I'll do the surgery. It did I guess it was, looking back now, it was a blessing in disguise, absolutely, because I believe that that's what I had to do, and I believe that there, it might not even be successful. Um, so by him doing that, it was a blessing in disguise, but I also felt like that I needed to ride it to the wheels fell off, which is what I did for 10 years, which yeah. is yeah. not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. I, I spent most of my life with a back injury and in, and in chronic pain, uh, and I in my 20s i saw surgeons and at that time they said pretty much what they said to you surgery is really going to be the last option for this because you're way too young to be having these surgeries um, and in my mind my whole life i said someday i'm going to have the surgery and i'm going to be pain-free uh, i couldn't walk more than a mile without twisting my body to relieve pain i couldn't stand in one place without my leg legs going numb or just being in a lot of pain. And it was very interesting that right when I was getting ready to retire, I saw a doctor uh, who said, I can do the surgery, but I just can't guarantee that it's going to help you at all. So at the last minute, I just canceled the surgery. And I said, you know what, I've learned, I've lived like this my whole life. Maybe I should just try living a little longer. I retired from a high stress job. Uh, and since my retirement, my back pain is literally gone from, say, 90% of pain all the time to less than 10%. And I've done nothing different. I've, I've mm -hmm. exercised more. I've, I've got, I, I sleep better. And I think a lot of it was just being out of a higher stress environment. Um, Chron yeah, chronic stress, I know, will kill yeah. you. So, so in your, in, in your life, was there, do you think there were any triggers in your life that were contributing to, you know, this type of pain? Like, like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, haven't discussed this, um, 
out loud yet, but it is in my book that I am working on. Um, I found myself being a caregiver to somebody who was a veteran who had a lot of PTSD issues, um, who I felt that I was in a position to help. And while I'm trying to help him navigate his own life, I didn't realize that it was detrimental to my health. Um, being around somebody who, I learned a very hard lesson that you can't help people, you know, and there's professionals for that. Um, but at the time I felt like, well, I'm in a better position than you, so I can help you. Um, and I wasn't helping myself. I was neglecting myself to help somebody else. Um, so while I'm trying to give all my energy to this person to help them, I had no energy for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was literally like this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, none of my focus and attention could be on myself, on my healing, um, which I chose that unbeknownst to me. So it's, there's no blame there except for you need to have boundaries for yourself and make sure that you're okay. It's kind of like the mask rule on an airplane. They always say to put your oxygen mask on first because if you can't breathe, you can't help anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And so I learned that lesson yeah. and I got out of that environment. Um, but because I was in that environment for so long, the neural pathways in my brain were already conditioned to be in chronic pain. Mm -hmm. So being out of the environment, it helped to a certain degree, but my mind was already a running program. Yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done. Absolutely, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Nope. And I had so much shame and guilt around my spine um, because I look healthy on the outside, you mm -hmm. know, and in pictures, I have so many pictures where on the inside I'm screaming, but I'm putting on a brave face and act like everything's fine because I look fine. Yeah. Um, but on the inside, I mean, it was, it was miserable. There was a lot of shame and guilt that went into um, being in chronic pain at such a young age and uh, not understanding why I blame my body for failing me, which yeah. was the worst thing I could have done. My body was trying to tell me, hey, you need to start paying attention to yourself. Um, but I was just beating my body up and, and mad and angry because I didn't understand why my body was deserting me. Yeah. It was a huge disconnect. <laughs> wow. I know I went through um, a very stressful time about four years ago in my life. Uh, and at the end of that, I, I became sick. I, long story short, I was uh, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, even though the blood test never showed the rheumatoid antibodies. So that was the first thing they thought. And then they sent me to every test you can think of, uh, you know, uh, x-rays and blood work, and they tested everything. They sent me to a heart doctor. They, it, everything came, nothing came back. So at the end, I went back to the, to the rheumatologist and he said, I'm gonna start you on this medication because I think this is really what you have. And it was, a, an, autoimmune, which my body was just attacking itself. Uh, and I went on the medication and it took it away. Like it took all the pain away. Um, now I've been, you know, three and a half years on this medication and I'm starting to wonder too, do I really need to be on this medication? Like, do is it possible that I went through this high stress for so long that I was working in a stressful environment and then all of a sudden out of my environment, I went through this high stress situation. Did my, was my, like you, was my body just, 
you know, collapsing on the inside, just failing me on the inside. So these are a lot of thoughts. That's why I'm so excited to have you on today, just to talk, mm -hmm. because these are the thoughts that I had that maybe I don't need this medication. Maybe I should just try now that I'm, you know, I'm out of all those high stress environment, right? I'm more relaxed in my life. I'm doing podcasts and other things that are just stuff that I really enjoy doing. Maybe my body is healing itself, you know, just from me, you know, ridding it of all the, 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 the stressful, toxic things in my life. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you that through when my, I don't want to call it my pain because then I'm owning it, but through the pain, um, I was on the highest pain medication. They had me on an antidepressant. They had me on muscle relaxers and um, I was still in so much pain. So I don't think that the medication was the answer. Mm. I think medication is great in a short-term emergency situation. We're all gonna need it at some point, but there was something else going, going on. And it's funny if you look at the word disease, it's dis-ease, right? So you're not at ease, which will cause a disease. Mm. So when your body is out of alignment with your mind, then now everything's affected because everything works together as one cohesive unit. So yeah. when you're not able to do that, your body's going to let you know. Yeah. We just tend to ignore it. And, and and when we're giving it and what I my research that I've been doing, it, it really talks about the doctors treating the pain and not the disease. In other words, we're going to give you this medication and it's going to take what's ailing you away, but it's really not fixing what's wrong. Really, it's really not getting to the heart of it's why the quick fix we're looking for. Yeah. Why yeah. why this stuff is happening. And you're good. Yeah. yeah. Right. Absolutely. And to the benefit of the doctors, that's how they were trained. That's Western medicine. So if mm -hmm. you come in with an ailment and they send you on your way. Well, now you feel dissatisfied because you didn't get the diagnosis or you didn't get the medication. You feel like you haven't been treated properly. Mm -hmm. So they're doing what they were trained to do. So I don't discredit them at all. It's just that there are other things out there, but they're not trained in them. So they can't really advise you on something they're not trained in. You know what I mean? I don't blame any of my doctors for doing what they did. They have a young woman coming in in awful pain. Um, you know, they even offered disability to me at one point. And so it's like, well, let's give her something so she can get through the day. You know, I was desperate. I, I was absolutely miserable. Um, and so they treated me the best way they knew how. Um, yeah. So as far I, as your, as, as far as your treatment now, like are, are, are do you see uh, any particular doctor now? I, I don't want to ask you if you're on medication because I, I don't you know I don't want to throw you out on the spot, but like maybe you could just talk to us about uh, are you doing this completely on your own? do you are you are you seeing anybody else? I know there's you know what what I've been finding is called functional medicine. you know, I've been seeing this word now and every time I do research that that comes up do you, I don't know, maybe you could just talk about, you know. Yeah, so the doctor I have now is absolutely amazing. Um, the doctors prior were specialized in pain management. The doctor I have now is a physiatrist or physicist. Yeah, excuse me. And so he deals with the whole modality of the body. He understands the mind and body process. Um, so he has holistic healings within his doctor's office. Um, that don't include medication treatment. Um, he has that, and that's that's obviously an option. 
but he really likes to give you all your options, yeah. you know, because what may work for one person may not work for the other. Yeah. As far as my mindset and unlearning and relearning a lot of things, that that was all me. He can't do that for me. Mm -hmm. I had to be willing and able to do that and to really decide what beliefs do I want to hold on to and which ones do I want to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah, and that's 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 the hardest part. I was just gonna say that that's the hardest, but the most fundamental of this whole thing, it sounds like. And even, you know, the yeah. what I've been learning in this past month of, of all my self care and this and that. Um, I think that your mindset starts everything. It's it could be your way down or your way up. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and it's like the way that you look at things. Um, I know I have a couple of of tools in my kit that I use to get me there because a lot of people heal about a healing journey but they don't really know where to get started um, so the first couple things that I really had to accept the belief of that will work for me is to not take things personal um, that was a huge huge breakthrough that I had was to understand that 95% of the time we're running on our subconscious so when people are saying things and behaving certain ways they're running on a program just like we are so when you don't take things personal, you you tend to not take things into the heart as much, um, which is huge because when you do take things personal into the heart, now you're releasing all those stress chemicals, which are which are becoming toxic to your body. And we want to release the happy chemicals and the good tonic chemicals that allow you to heal your body and allow you to stay in alignment. Um, so holding on to, you know, shame and guilt and jealousy and envy and pity and self-doubt all those things are going to release those stress hormones into your body, um, which is not going to allow you to heal. And it's very hard. Um, <laughs> another trick that I have that is super important in this process is to say the, thank you. Just saying the word thank you, our mind associates thank you with the event being over. So if someone just flipped you off or cut you off in traffic, it sounds silly. It's going to sound silly in the beginning. Um, but when you get to a point where you, you're just so open-minded, it doesn't matter if it works. Yeah. It's just to say thank you because your mind knows that when you say thank you, the event is over. And it, it stops that fight or flight response going on in your body by saying that. Um, specifically with chronic pain, um, this could probably be associated with anxiety and depression as well, is when you, you understand that it's temporary. So when a negative emotion or feeling is coming up, if you repeat to yourself, literally, this is temporary, this is temporary, this is temporary, it's going to seem redundant, it's going to seem silly, but you, you, you learned all these things that you didn't know that you were learning, and now you need to unlearn them. There's a better way. Um, so those are some key things that I still do every day. With I feel that pain trying to creep in around 3 o'clock. I remind myself this is temporary. Sometimes when we have negative things going on, we forget that. We feel like we're doomed. This is it. It's never going to get better. Is this feeling ever going to leave? So when we say thank you, I appreciate my body trying to tell me something. And then I repeat to myself that this is temporary. Um, and it stops those stress hormones from releasing into my body. Interesting. Do, do you find like uh, your brain tries to relapse? Like, do you see those old, <laughs> those old those old thoughts coming back in? And 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 you know what? 
what do you do to maintain, stay focused, refocus? Like when those, and, and we all have that. I mean, no matter what we do in our life, when we make a change and we're excited about the change and we get a few months down the road, sometimes those old thoughts or those old feelings, you know, come Just rolling come back. And back. What, what do you do to, you know, like the main, you know, just to be focused or refocused? How do you, how do you deal with that? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, that happens every day. Uh, the general person or human, I should say, has 70,000 negative thoughts a day and 91 of them repeat themselves on a daily basis. So every day I need to refocus. Um, I've been on this journey for over a year now, so it's gotten easier with time. Um, but I had to build that muscle in my mind. Right. Um, so one thing that I did besides saying thank you for the event um, and understanding that it's temporary was I would shift my focus to something that brought me lightness and happiness. Um, so I would turn on YouTube of Les Brown. I would turn on some Joe Dispenza, um, Bruce Lipton, and just hearing it brings me back to this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm on this journey. Because mm-hmm. um, it's very hard, especially when you attach a meaning to things. You know, if someone cuts you off in traffic, you feel like it was done to you. You put yourself in this victim mindset. It's, it's really hard to break those habits and see that maybe they didn't see you. Maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe there's a medical condition. We attach stories to events that have no story. Yeah. And then we run that story and run that story over and over again. And we keep ourselves in this stress state. So if we stop attaching meaning and stories to benign events, then we can kind of stay on the journey. Hmm. Interesting. Um, the biggest thing about yourself, like in, in this whole healing process, did you discover, or I should say, I'm sure you discovered a lot of things. What was the most important thing or the biggest thing you discovered about yourself? Like that, that you, that, you know, sometimes we just have that aha moment, you know, and sometimes it's at the very beginning when we make the change or sometimes the, the changing brings that aha moment. And I don't know if I'm asking that correctly, but maybe you could just, Tell us about your aha moments, maybe from the what, what what got you to start this journey. And when you were in this journey, you had this like something you really learned about yourself that you, you didn't know. Yeah. So um, that's a great question. Um, I would say the biggest aha moment was realizing just how many beliefs and opinions of others that I was carrying as my own. Um so many it's like a heavy sack over your shoulder that you're carrying all these opinions and beliefs that other people have put onto you and realizing how susceptible i was to that i didn't really have much of a filter um or i love the word discernment versus what information is helpful to me and purposeful to me that can help me grow and what information can i put down i had to put a lot of information down a yeah. lot of beliefs and opinions that just were not mine and didn't align with my growth. Yeah. Um, it, so that it, was the biggest thing. It's interesting you bring that up. I was at a point in my life that uh, somewhere in my 40s where I realized that I was just carrying so much baggage. I was carrying the weight of so many people around me. I was doing more for people than they wanted to do for themselves. And, yes. And, 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 with all that was kind of my aha moment where I just said, I'm literally going to be dead in less than 10 years if I don't take it, start getting all this weight off my back and just start 
you know, trying to heal my body, you know, because I could, I knew between my back and these other things, I, I, my body was screaming at me every day. Um, yeah. And, it's and like trying to nothing, pour from an empty cup. You can't do that. Yeah. You there know, nothing fun, nothing good in my life. There was no positive anything going on that I felt. And so I made so many changes and, you know, 15 years later, I'm still probably making monthly change, you know, changes, you know, that I, I keep learning something new and learning something new. Um, and I'm older. You're so much, you know, you figure this out. I'm envious that you figured this out at such a young age. But it took, it took me to my knees to be able to, to start to look inward. Because I will tell you, two, three years ago, you couldn't tell me nothing. Yeah. Everything that I thought and believed was a fact. I didn't realize how much that hurt me. Yeah. Being open-minded is not, not my old self at all. You yeah. know, I thought I had everything figured out. Um, and clearly my body was like, hey, <laughs> you don't. You yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> because you wouldn't be suffering from this chronic pain. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm glad that it happened, obviously. Um, but the fact that it took me to get here is what I'm trying to avoid with other people. Um, that maybe if I could spread the message um, that like a lot of the suffering that happens to us, we cause ourselves by our own thoughts. Yep. And if we were to really pay attention and have more awareness, um, these events wouldn't hold as much gravity as we're allowing them to hold. Yeah. And we're attaching stories to them. Yeah. And Tony, I know you, you, you know, just went through saw a little bit of heartache in your life. I'm, I mean, I'm sure this is becoming helpful for you, helpful for you. Well, yeah, I'll give you a little history on how, how I met Samantha. It's kind of crazy. Um, you know, I, I feel like every episode I talk a little bit about spirituality and, and I believe in the universe. And um, it was like a matter of days after, um, you know, I, I went through this. And uh, I feel like one person left my life and another person came in. And, you know, she, um, Samantha's been coming to the adult gymnastics I run. You know, to, so I, I was going to bring that up earlier when you're asking, like, how's it going? You know, how much progress? I mean, she's back doing gymnastics. We're working back handsprings and um, all sorts of stuff, you know, on the bars, on vault. But it's phenomenal. Yeah. I'll tell you, the first week that when I left, I cried and laughed the whole way home. It's phenomenal because my I could not imagine ever being in that space. So and thank you so much for being an amazing coach, honestly, and being very patient with me. Because I have a lot of fears, and Tony's like, "You got this." <laughs> I am a good coach, but um, I mean, I mean, you bring such a positive light. Even having you there has has like revamped it a little bit, you know. And even awesome. through, even through this process, like I say, it's it, the universe doesn't give you what you want, but gives you what you need. You know, there was I think it was the second week I was driving home, and Samantha called me through Instagram. Was like, "Hey, like." you doing okay. <laughs> and then it's crazy that this whole talk came and, you know, I even believe that your message is supposed to get out there and that this is step one. We've talked about that. You know, I, I do want to move into you talking about your book a little bit, if you can. And I know you started your own podcast um, that I'd like you to talk about too. Hopefully our listeners can jump on on that. So um, do, do you have anything to talk about in your book? Do you not want to give anything away yet? Where is that like, oh, you got to buy it. <laughs> and, 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 and when do we have any dates? Do we have any, are, are we just in the writing process? Do we have a release date? 
Yeah, so we're still in the very beginning stages. I have a lot of notes. I have a full notebook full of notes and sticky notes that I'm making at, at work. And I'm now in kind of like the dump writing process where I'm just writing everything out. Yeah. Um, I hope to have things organized by June. Um, but as far as the release date, I don't have that. I will tell you, I started the book and I needed to take a break because speaking about the amount of pain that I was in and how much it affected my life would start to stir up those negative emotions in me and actually cause me to feel pain. Um, so I kind of had to, to take a step back um, and do more healing um, because just reliving some of those moments, I was still emotionally attached to them. Um, so I, I would like to say that it would be released and ready to go by 2023. I do think that that's a realistic goal, um, but I'm still in the very beginning stages of it. I have a lot of data, but as you know, the organizing process and then getting it to publishing and to audio is, you know, at least a year time frame. Sure. When yeah. you get to that point. Um, but Tony mentioned the podcast. So I've been actually working on a podcast myself now, which I'm so excited about very thrilled about. I actually have a co-host. His name is David McDougall. And we met, it was very, I don't even really know how to explain it. Was it um, the universe? It was the, it was the universe. I, I, she doesn't have to answer. I can tell you. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. It really, really was. I was in the class and I'm always being aware and I'm like, you know, part of, of living in pain or anxiety or depression is fear. And I wanted to break out of that fear. So as I'm in this class in, in gym, I saw him and knew him uh, prior to COVID. And I told myself, when I get out of class, I'm going to say hi. I'm going to break out of that fear because normally I'll just, I'll leave. I'm not going to say anything, you know, and I'm really testing myself and testing my growth progress. Um, so I said I was going to say hi. So uh, he ended up, I couldn't see him. Um, and when I walked out, you know, I was almost like, shucks, I missed them. Too bad. I don't have to test my skills right now. And he was actually right outside the door. So it was like right in my face where I was like, I had to say hi, you know. Um, and we got to talking and he's been on his own healing journey, but for such different reasons. Um, he struggled with addiction, um, alcohol and drugs. And he went on a healing journey. Um, and we got to talking about philosophers and different doctors that we've been studying and researching and the answer is always the same we come back to the same thing and it's your mindset so we can have two totally different reasons for waking up and wanting to be aware and wanting to change something in our lives um and it's always going to bring you back to the same thing which is your mindset and yourself um so he's so opposite of me that it's almost like a yin and yang yet the purpose is the same which i love that um, so I invited him to see if he'd be interested in doing the podcast, and he was all about it. And so we've been working on that. We are still in the beginning stages, and we should have our first episode live this Friday. So we're very excited getting all the logos down and, and, and things like that, working on the final details. Um, and it'll be a weekly podcast. Do you have a name? I'm sorry? Do you have a name for the podcast yet? Yes, it's called Turn Your Heart On. Great. Good. Definitely going to have to look for that. Be, yeah. I know you have two listeners right here. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. You know, it's funny, you know, way back at the beginning, I, I really didn't want to cut you off. But when you said you started with YouTube, 
like you found your first videos on YouTube. And I think two or three episodes I've talked about all the things I've learned how to do just through YouTube because I'm a visual learner. And I said, you just proved my point that you can learn anything on YouTube now, right? Even even how to yourself. heal yourself with your mind. Yeah. 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 One of my favorite quotes comes from Joe Dispenza, where he says, in the age of knowledge, ignorance is a choice. And that goes back to you can literally learn everything and anything you want nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to go. I mean, it used to be if you wanted to learn any of that stuff, you needed to go somewhere. You needed to go to college. You need to sign up for workshops and go somewhere. Now you can literally just sit in the comfort of your own home. And I mean, there's many colleges out there that you can take cor these courses for free. I mean, you're not going to get rated on it, but you can take the whole course for free online and just, you know, learn what you want to learn. It's, yeah. it's, Absolutely. It's amazing. So so one thing we did, um, Tony and I talked about this, we did uh, on our second episode, which I thought was really cool, was we said, we posed the question to both of us, you know, what would you... What advice right now would you give your younger self? Uh, and and it was more of a generational thing. But I, I, I'm going to throw that question to you. I, I think this is. I just think it was. It's such a great question to ask people, especially since you've been on this long journey, and now you go back. Now you can go back and look back. What what would you tell your younger self? What advice? I would tell myself to be kind to myself, mm -hmm. and tell myself to be patient, and tell myself to be gentle. Yeah. Um, I think we're all really hard on ourselves. I think we are our worst critic, our biggest judge. Um, and you know, everything's going to be okay and everything's going to work out. Yeah. You know, I think being kind and gentle would be my, my biggest, um, things I would tell my, my younger self for sure. Yeah. Cause it's such an interesting question because where we're at in our life and where you're at in your life. You, you couldn't be there without going through everything you went through, right? So a lot of times you say, oh, I would change this, this, and that, but you wouldn't be where you are right now. So it's such, just such an interesting question, you know, how people, you know, really what you think. And it, and, it, and I love the answer, just being kind. Yeah. You know, I, I made a point in my life uh, over these last few years uh, when I've changed my, literally just be nice to everybody. No matter who I see, where I see, whether you're walking into a store, whether you're working, whether you're in a parking lot, I'm passing you in the aisle of the grocery, whoever you, I'm just, I literally, I'm going to talk to everybody. Hi, how are you? How are you doing? You know, just to, and just be not, even if somebody's having a bad day, I'll be the first one to say, hey, how you doing? You know, whatever, just to try to say, hey, like somebody was being nice to me. Maybe it might calm me a little bit, you know, and, you know, just. 100%. 100%. The energy that you give out is going to come back to you. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, there's actually a study, and I, I I want to tell you it, but I can't tell you who did it because I don't know off the top of my head. Um, but they took 20 participants. It's a very small study group um, and told them to take $10 and spend it how they want. The first 10 students had to spend it on themselves, and the other 10 students had to spend it on somebody else. And then they came back a few weeks later to get their levels of fulfillment, joy, happiness, great, you know, gratitude. And the 10 participants who spent the $10 on somebody else reported higher levels yeah. than the ones who did it for themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, that just spoke volumes. You know, if, if you're kind to others, you're being kind to yourself. Yeah. You yeah. really are. So it, it, it actually works. makes you feel good. 
It, 100%. It, being nice to somebody else makes you feel good. Like who would have thought if me being nice to somebody is going to make me feel better? So right. Right. Funny. Because I think as a society, we view it as we are giving them kindness and we're not getting it in return. You don't have to do anything to get it in return. By you displaying that kindness towards somebody else, it comes back to you. There, there's a story I'll tell you quick. I just heard last week, and it's funny timing. Um, a, a teacher took a bunch of balloons. You ever hear this? He had them no. blow, blow them all up and put their name on it, hundreds of them, threw them in the hallway. So, okay, everyone find your balloon. After five minutes, not a single student found their balloon. He said, okay, now I want everyone to go pick up one balloon and return it to whose name is on. Within two minutes, every person had their balloon. And he, yes. said, he said to the students, this is happiness. He said, if you're always looking for yours, You'll never find it. He said, but when you help someone find theirs, that will ultimately help you achieve your happiness. Oh. 100%. I love that. I haven't heard that. That's great. Yeah, I, I love that. I haven't either. It's a great story. Yeah. Good. Uh, anything else, Samantha, you would like to add? Um, I don't, I don't know. I feel like we covered a lot. I feel like if somebody is in a situation where they know that there's more, um, or they expect more out of their lives. I just want them to know that they can absolutely have that. Um, it's going to be a challenge. Um, but seeing your growth through that process is just going to push you even more to find exactly what, what you're looking for and what you deserve. Everybody deserves to feel amazing. And you have the tools and the power to do that yourself all within your mind. Fantastic. Tony, anything to add? No, I've... <laughs> I'm in bliss. I'm, I love that we did this. I've, I I hope you're going to be calling me this week. I hope I'm not going to hear from you now no, until until I'm next done week. With you. <laughs> I love your word choice too. I love the word bliss. That's exactly it. I love that. Yeah. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for for coming on the show. Um, it's been an, it's been an amazing. Uh, well, we're going to say 41 minutes. Usually we try to cut it, but. It, it, it's just been unbelievable. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and we're going to ask you to come back down the road too. As your journey, as you're on your journey, we want to bring you back and, and get an update too. And we'll get an update on the book and, and the podcast. Yes, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been a great conversation. I'm so glad that you found some value in the things that I had to say. Um, we're really excited about the podcast. And if anybody wants to get in contact with me, they can find me on Instagram at Samantha.Valley. That's probably the best way to reach out to me. Um, but if email is more of your thing, they can email me at Samantha.Valley00 at gmail.com. Great. All right. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please tell a friend, spread the word. If you have comments, questions, or even a suggestion for a show topic, or just want to reach out, Hit us up on social media. If you're on YouTube, comment below on Instagram at Related Views or email us at relatedviews at gmail.com. And as always, until next time, be good to yourselves and everyone around you. Tony, Samantha, thank you so much. Thank you. Samantha, thank you. Ken, I'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you, guys.